It has now been a day since the spring has sprung, and the time is fading when the word vernal can be used to express the current time. But the new season is now with us, and the days shall grow longer until the solstice. No matter what position we may happen to be in, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and there is no shortage of items to track. I'm Sean Tubbs, constantly looking for new ways to navigate. On today's program, an arrest has been made in connection with a Saturday morning murder on the corner in Charlottesville. Bids have come in for the renovation of Buford Middle School in Charlottesville. Charlottesville's new transportation planning manager outlines a new process for prioritizing projects and details on major transportation projects coming up at major intersections across Albemarle and Charlottesville. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, Charlottesville Community Bikes believes that bicycles can be a means to social change, addressing issues of equity, access, and inclusion. They provide free bikes to adults who need one and have a special program that provides free bikes to children. But they also provide information that some in the community may need. That includes a weekly series on Bike Mechanics 101 that begins on April 13th. You can learn more at charlottesvillecommunitybikes.org. And if you'd like to learn more and support their work, they are currently seeking matching funds for a grant from the Outride Fund. Again, visit charlottesvillecommunitybikes.org to learn more. The Charlottesville Police Department has arrested a Charlottesville man in connection with an early morning murder this past Saturday. According to a press release, detectives carried out search warrants in both Albemarle and Charlottesville yesterday and took 21-year-old LaCory Brooks into custody. Brooks has been charged with second-degree murder and the use of a firearm in the killing of Cody Brian Smith in a parking lot on Ellywood Avenue at around 2.30 a.m. on Saturday. The city of Charlottesville has received three bids from construction firms who want to work on the renovation of Buford Middle School, two of which have base prices below the planned budget of around $78 million. However, all three are above that budgeted amount when their prices for four additional items are factored in. This leaves lots of options for the city moving forward. Michael Goddard, the city's facilities development manager, said that his team will be working with the budget office to lay out a series of options, including what additive bid items the city might want to proceed. Nielsen Builders submitted a base bid of $71.4 million, and Branch Builders submitted one of $73.8 million. The bid from Cleveland Construction would be at $78.2 million. Four additive bid items were separated out of the main project out of concerns that the entire project would be over budget. These options are additive item one is parking, play courts, and a walking track. Additive item two is a renovation area known as Area F and an addition to the auditorium building. Additive item number three is a dining terrace, and additive item number four is a garden. Nielsen Builders' bid with the additive items comes to $79.2 million. The total bid from Branch Builds is over $8.6 million, and the total bid from Cleveland Construction came in at nearly $8.8 million. Charlottesville is a community in transition, with growth on many people's minds, as a new zoning code is written to allow a lot more places to live. 
The city government has also struggled in recent years to deliver transportation projects on time. At their work session on March 6th, City Council met the new transportation planning manager hired last year. Here is Ben Chambers. So I'm giving an update on transportation planning. I don't think you've had one of these in quite a long time. Chambers previously worked for the city in pupil transportation and is now charged with restoring the city's ability to actually build infrastructure after spending many years on various plans and securing funding. Last year, council terminated the West Main Streetscape project as well as intersection improvements at Preston Avenue and Grady Avenue. Both had been fully funded by the Virginia Department of Transportation. One of Chambers' first steps was to look back and see how well the city has planned in recent years. He said he found an incomplete picture. A lot of the planning activities are happening in different silos and different departments throughout the city. So you have Public Works Engineering doing some work, you have NDS doing some work, you have CAT doing some work. They're all broken out into their own little silos and not necessarily communicating together and putting together a comprehensive planning strategy. Chambers said there are several conflicting transportation plans, as opposed to one overarching master plan. He said such a plan needs to be adopted on a continuous basis. In contrast, the bike and pedestrian master plan was adopted in 2015, but has not had a significant update. The presentation gave an opportunity for Chambers to provide an update on many ongoing studies, including the Charlottesville Area Transit Alternatives Fuel Study, There will be a stakeholder outreach in April, and that study should be ready for public consumption in May. Is it feasible for CAT to switch from diesel to another fuel of some sort, preferably one that has zero emissions? There's also the dockless mobility program. Chambers said that VIO is the sole holder of a permit to provide scooters and e-bikes. This program had been overseen by the Bike Pedestrian Coordinator, a position that has been vacant for over two years. Chambers has taken on the role of negotiating with VO on a new contract. The city may begin charging a fee for misplaced vehicles, as well as a pilot project for parking hubs beginning with West Main Street. Negotiations over fee changes and other contract changes are ongoing. Chambers also talked about the Safe Streets and Roads for All program. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission recently secured around $867,000 to coordinate a study that is a precursor to receiving federal funding through the bipartisan infrastructure law. That includes Charlottesville. Chambers said the city section will include more information on community engagement, bike and pedestrian infrastructure, and transit. Chambers also discussed how infrastructure for bicycles and pedestrians is planned and prioritized. Right now, there are multiple documents, including small area plans. The priorities in these plans also don't account for staffing challenges. They're very optimistic about what it thinks the city can accomplish. Um, I think if you look back at, you know, 2015 Bike Pedmaster Plan or the 2016 Streets That Work Plan, it it said that we were going to do a lot of stuff that we didn't get done. Chambers said the city is working with the Virginia Secretary of Transportation on a plan to reassess various transportation projects. One thing the city wants to do going forward is continue painting of sharrows on roadways, but to no longer think of these as infrastructure projects. It's not a protected bike lane. It's not even a bike lane. It's a a bike is going to be in the middle of the road with you. Pay attention. Hmm. We're splitting those out separately as not projects in our prioritized list because we kind of just wanted those to be automatic. 
The idea is to develop a list of priorities that can be developed internally while funding sources are identified. Chambers didn't say it out loud, but this is similar to an approach that Albemarle County does use. City Councilor Brian Pinkston said he appreciates that development. I think many people feel like it's just a mystery. And um, so having a list and having priorities, even if a person may not like exact precisely the way the priorities laid out, knowing that it's there and that it's being thought about will make a huge difference. Chambers said stakeholder engagement on the draft priority list will begin this spring and council will get to have their review in the summer. listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter, who has been there since July of 2020, has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. We are now at the beginning of spring, and it is time to go out there and find out what you need to plant to attract pollinators who will keep native species going. To learn more, visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. In the last edition of this newsletter, I provided more detail about several projects under construction at the University of Virginia. There are many different silos of information, and part of the mission of this newsletter is to provide more context as I try to put the pieces together. One of those silos is the Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee, a closed-door body made up of planning staff from Albemarle County, Charlottesville, and the University of Virginia, and the Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority. While the meetings are not available to review, the minutes take the form of presentations that are made publicly available. On February 17th of this year, the Virginia Department of Transportation gave an update on several projects that have not yet been before elected officials. Here are some things I can share from the presentation about Hydraulic Road and US-29. The project is fully funded, and one of the changes would be to eliminate left-hand turn lanes from Hydraulic Road onto both northbound and southbound US-29. There will also be the addition of an at-grade pedestrian crossing across US-29 that will take two phases to cross. This will also include a pedestrian bridge over US-29 to connect Stonefield and Albemarle County with the outparcels of Seminole Square Shopping Center in Charlottesville. The intersection of Hillsdale and Hydraulic Road will be converted into a roundabout, which will require it to be closed for up to 46 days. The roundabout must be completed before those left turns mentioned above are eliminated. A shared-use path will be extended from US-250 along Hydraulic Road to Brandywine Drive, with improvements to be made at that intersection, as well as Mickey Drive. The total budget for this project is about $28.25 million, and the project has gone out to bid. The Commonwealth Transportation Board is expected to make an award on April 19th. A notice to proceed will go out on May 23rd, with anticipated completion in December of 2025. Expect some disruption while it all happens. There are also three roundabout projects that will get underway at some point in Albemarle County. 
Albemarle County received funding for three intersections that would be converted to roundabouts. In the past year, they've opened up two at the intersections of Route 20 and Profit Road, as well as US 250 and Route 151. These new ones, VDOT is going to advertise all three under one package. They are the intersections of Route 53 and Route 20. That will also include a shared use path from the roundabout to the trailhead of the Saunders Monticello Trail. That's also There will also be a roundabout at the intersection of the John Warner Parkway with Rio Road East. That will include a new sidewalk into the Charlottesville-Albemarle Technical Education Center, as well as the creation of new crosswalks. And Old Lynchburg Road and 5th Street Extended will also be converted. That will allow for new sidewalk and shared use path segments and will also involve the relocation of a bus stop. This is in the general location of the county's office building on 5th Street Extended and the Albemarle Business Campus. The design public hearing for those three projects will be held this summer, and a request for qualifications will go out for firms to bid on the project. The current schedule shows that the Commonwealth Transportation Board would award a contract in the spring of 2024. The initial project budget had been $26.9 million, but that has increased to $30.4 million due to inflation. And finally, improvements to Fontaine Avenue and US-29. As you may know, the Fontaine Research Center will be the home of the new University of Virginia Biotechnology Center. The city of Charlottesville is upzoning Fontaine Avenue east of the county line. In recent years, some other changes have been made already with the road's intersection with 29. But with traffic volumes expected to change, VDOT has a plan to make further adjustments with elements that appear to be similar to the diverging diamond being built at US 250 and Interstate 64. As part of this project, the existing way of moving from northbound US 29 to westbound I-64 is to cross southbound US 29. Well, that would be closed in favor of routing traffic to a U-turn at the Fontaine-US-29 interchange. Survey work on this was just beginning as of that Land Use and Environmental Planning Committee meeting back in February, and the design public hearing for this will not take place until summer of 2024. The slide presentation concludes with an acknowledgement that two pipeline studies are in the works. One is for Barracks Road from Georgetown Road to Emmett Street to identify bike and pedestrian infrastructure, and the other is to be at the US-29, US-250, and Ivy Road interchange. Both are considered by VDOT to be priority two needs. An additional study is underway on US-29 in both Albemarle and Greene County. Details? Well, that's about all I can give you because those meetings are not allowed to be recorded, and uh, we'll keep working on that, won't we? This is the end of number 512. The sudden appearance of springtime has brought more than a few changes to my life, and I'm going to take my foot off the pedal a little this week to make sure I get to stop and chill with the daffodils for a little while. There will be an installment or two or three, but I'm taking a few days off from 5th District community engagement. I will keep people posted on what I'm doing through the Substack chat function. This is a reader and listener-supported one-person information outlet. If you'd like to contribute, sign up for a paid subscription through Substack, and Ting is going to match your initial payment. That's particularly useful at the $200 a year level, which also gives you a shout-out. 
if you sign up for Ting at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code community, you will get free installation. A second month for free. A second month for like the I'm just, you know, I know by this point no one's even listening. I just want to get to the end of the podcast, which ends with this bit of music by Bracky. Thanks for listening. <laughs>